Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 737. I was trying to think of an audio kind of nomenclature for that, but it's really more to do with airlines uh, and airplanes, which might actually suit one of our guests, because I seem to remember he's got a bit of an interest. He's a keen interest in aviation, uh, but we'll bring him in in a second. I just want to get the housekeeping out of the way. This is the Sonic Talk podcast. We talk about all things to do with music technology, synthesizers, production, drum machines, software, all that kind of stuff. I want to say hello to everybody in the chat. Nice to see you. I want to say thanks to Wagyu for uh, doing his excellent job of moderating. I can't see any lonely ladies in there yet, but he might be beating them off with a big stick. We never know. And also <laughs> thanks to Dom for uh, creating a fantastic environment to where all it, it all goes across to each other and uh, you can all see each other's conversations no matter what platform you're on, whether it's Facebook, oh no, not Facebook, <laughs> whether, as long as it's not Facebook, <laughs> YouTube, IRC and Discord. And I think we got something else. I can't remember what it is. YouTube. Yeah. Did I say that already? I probably did. I also want to say, uh, don't forget, uh, this Saturday, we have our first uh, event of the year. Uh, I know it's nearly December, but uh, and that is going to be uh, the Imom Live Electronic Music. And that is happening uh, basically Saturday, our UK time, the 26th of November from about 6pm. We'll have a sort of informal live stream, probably just be kind of behind the scenes. And um, uh, uh, But the music should start around 7.15, 7.30, go on to... Uh, Till, uh, well, what time will it go on till? Probably 11.15. In fact, I have a list. I'm just going to say who's playing. We've got uh, John Birch, local uh, local guy, friend of ours. Uh, guy Ford from GYU Beats. Udo's George Hearn. Uh, Mr. Wiggly, a.k.a. Dom Hawken. Uh, NKSE, who is uh, also known as Beat Selector. The Lo-Fi Loft. Geosynths. Uh, Jamie himself, and Dark Carpentry, which is a name that uh, Vile Electro's Martin Swan and uh, Simon Forsyth put together for the event. So please do join us. Uh, the event is up there waiting. So as ever, uh, I there will be actually, the, the plan is there will be, I'll be hosting. So between the, the acts, I'll be doing a live stream. We'll have comments. We'll bring questions in and there'll be a bit of interactivity and then there'll be an interval. And we might get other people who are there on the day because I know Gaz is coming along too. Um, nice to yep. see you there. In fact, well, well let's, why don't we just say hello, Gaz? <laughs> How are you, hello. Gaz? Hello. <laughs> Yeah, I'm determined. I'm determined to trash the place, tip over the tables, and have a damn good time. That's, uh, well, I'll no no make sure we bring all the gaffer tape, and that doesn't happen. But uh, they have <laughs> no, extended sorry. the bar. They have extended the bar for us, and uh, yes. we've got, uh, last orders at twelve thirty. So that's oh, that's bit so much better. better. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so yeah. that's good. Anyway, lovely to have you, Gaz. Uh, we'll come back Thanks. to you because I'm sure you might be telling us about your live stream later. Are you doing a live stream today? Yes, I am. Ah, excellent. That's on the Gaz Williams mm. channel, which you can yeah. find. Oh, no, I've still got yeah. gazwilliams.me. My my mistake. Anyway, let's That's flip over. Right. To, literally, we're going across the other side of the world. If I was to drill roughly where my feet are and keep going for, I know it's about 14,000 miles, I might come across... Oh, Rans, how are you? Rans Anderson, Ranzi.com, who does his very own podcast. You may remember Rans um, was here... Let me think. Uh, it was the first, uh, my first, when when we were in lockdown and it was too hot to be here, I did some streams from home and you were the first guest, the only available guest to, to come in. So uh, it's fitting that you're back. How are you, Rans? You good? I'm really good, yeah. It was good to be the guinea pig on the first stream that you did on the, uh, what do you call it, the cloud, I guess. It was awesome. Yeah. 
It was. It was definitely the cloud. So uh, I was talking about 737. Cause I, is it you? I, I am right. You're kind of quite keen on uh, aviation and aeroplanes. Is it you? Have I mis totally mis well, misrepresented I mean, you? Many years ago, I used to be in the Air Force. So ah. uh, that's, that's my background. Right. So you, you have an but interest in life. planes. Yeah. You could say that. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So you're coming to us from your studio, uh, where you seem to have a lovely selection. You, you're actually coming from a, almost a mirror set up to what we've got. So I know you can do fancy camera flips and all kinds of stuff. Um, and that's where you mastermind your own video uh, um, presence on YouTube, which is Ranzi, right? Yeah, just Ranzi. Um, the, most people know the Synth Geekery show that I do every Saturday. Um, but yeah, just Ramsey.com if you want to check it out, if you guys have never heard of me. <laughs> so, yeah, be awesome. Oh, great. Thank you very much. Uh, because we are, we've, we're basically spanning the entire globe, the delay is going to be a little bit more obvious, so uh, to please do bear with us. Uh, we also have um, back from, uh, how you haven't been in for ages, Rich? It's so lovely to see you. Mr. Rich Hilton, keyboardist with the uh, Chic, the disco travelling um, act, who are for all over the world. I guess you're into, what, what are you doing this time of year? Have you got much going on? You tend to stay on the stateside at, in the winter and autumn, is that right? Or more I... Am I Not necessarily, and in this case, I'm uh, coming to the UK this weekend. Oh, actually. really? Yeah. yeah. I don't suppose Saturday, you're going to yeah. be in town on on Saturday. <laughs> I'm traveling on Saturday, and I'll arrive Sunday. Oh. So unfortunately, as much as I wanted to come and surprise everybody, I uh, won't be able to do that. That is That would have been awesome. Absolutely yeah, awesome. Yeah, it would have been cool. But I'm glad you're at least in the vicinity so you, yeah. if you're if you're traveling, you can watch on your phone. Maybe we can. We'll be on TV in. sometime on Monday, and then uh, oh. later in the week, there's a giant event at the Royal Albert that we're participating in. Nice, legendarily yeah. difficult acoustics. I hear the Royal Albert Hall. Is that right? Have you been there before? You probably played there. Already, I've right? played there many times, and uh, it always sounds great where I'm standing. So that's <laughs> all that matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words and uh, very reasonable. Nick, can I just jump yeah. in there? I, I, I went to the Royal Albert Hall for the first time uh, a couple of months ago, but to see Carolina Ake, the amazing oh, yes. theremonist, playing with a full with the BBC Philharmonic Orchestra, doing uh, eight seasons, this piece, uh, like a uh, full classical piece with the theremin as the lead instrument, and it, oh, wow. Yeah, just amazing. And uh, but actually, the acoustics uh, from where I was at was amazing. Maybe the type of music's going to have a huge effect on it. But uh, just hearing that theremin gliding over the full orchestra was uh, was an absolute amazing experience. Nice. Yeah. I. I um, wow. That sounds like fun. I wish I would have seen that because it. What is? I. I looked for it, but it's not one of the things that they filmed or uh, no, or certainly haven't released on so. the radio. Yeah, but right. shame really, because you know it would have looked great. Um, and Carolina is—it's got to be the greatest thereminist thereminist in the world, I'm sure. Well, Carolina, for those perhaps who don't know, we did an interview with her. She's uh, not only is she a great thereminist, but she's also developed a kind of a fairly sort of bulletproof technique for teaching uh, the theremin. She's got kind of a, 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 mm. like a, 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 a specific kind of way that you move your fingers and hands, which makes it easier to teach because i think obviously without any resistance or gesture you know it's it's like teaching yeah. gestures so it's a bit like i there suppose a, a bit caveat. like sign language 
Is there? <laughs> there is a caveat. No, no theremony, though, allowed in her teaching method. Oh, okay. <laughs> you mean no, quantization? Probably the quantization. <laughs> right. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Right. Well, we've got news. I mean, there's, gosh, how many, how mm. many synths are we, is, are there in the world? There are a lot of synths. And the first, I, I'm going to go with uh, this one first because, uh, well, why the hell wouldn't I? So uh, let me see. Um, just make sure I've got the right. So, yeah, this is actually, well, I'll play a little bit of this. Model D's back in production. This was actually a project I was involved in. So I was here on the day. I recorded this and went some way towards the mix as well, but not uh, the final mix, but a lot of my work was in it. So we'll let it play for a bit and then we'll see if YouTube busts us. Uh, this is Will Gregory in the Mog Ensemble uh, playing Archimedes Screw, which is a sort of systems piece. It was triggered via MIDI with some really complex and overrunning uh, rhythmic stuff was made possible by the mini model d which they had a couple i think there the rest were all originals adrian utley was there uh there were yeah there were a whole bunch of people i'm just going to let it come down but this, this building was absolutely fantastic and i put a pair of ribbons up and that's what you're hearing most honestly that was that made most of the sound that you're hearing but yeah mini Moog model d uh, i mean I guess, when was it? 2.16 when they did a limited edition uh, run of this. And I think they added the vibrato LFO. It's also, this has now got MIDI built in. It's also got uh, a sprung pitch wheel, which for the purists may be a step too far. But I mean, it's, it's a classic. It's 50 years old plus. It's being re-released. It's nearly five. It's five thousand dollars, five thousand two hundred pounds. I mean, it's a lot of money. I mean, you're really going to have to want one, I would say, for that. I mean, fair play, but wowzer. I mean, it's a bit rich, I think. I know, Rich. I'll come to you first because I did say a little comment on Facebook, which you were. Uh, I don't know whether you were. Uh, it, you, I think you feel the same as me. It does feel like quite a lot of money for a mono synth when you've got the OBX8 there for slightly less. <laughs> it seems kind of like, hmm, how do you work that budget out? What do you think, Rich? Well, yeah, it's a lot of money, but apparently the last versions, which I think were called Old School, actually literally named Minimog Old School, um, are now apparently reselling for those kinds of dollars. So they're yeah. kind of hopping on an existing sort of bandwagon, and uh, I guess I can't blame them for doing that. And... Uh, Try not to pay too much attention to the harbingers that it suggests that might indicate that they might need to do something like that. But besides that, it's, of course, a wonderful instrument. Everybody knows it or knows of it and loves it. And anybody who's used one remembers it fondly, I think. And I certainly do. I had the great privilege to play serial number 89, Minimoog. Whoa. Uh, on gigs in the early 70s. Yeah. My... Uh, my music history teacher was an original member of the Moog Trio with Chris Swanson, and uh, he had Mini Moog number 89, and he used to lend it to me for gigs. It had plexiglass wheels uh, without springs, and uh, didn't stay in tune very well, but sounded magnificent. <laughs> That's part of the... I can, I can confirm that uh, being there on the day, because I, I was involved in the recording of this, uh, that I, I can talk about this at great length if anyone's interested, but... There were two days. There was a day of rehearsal and then day of recording. Day of rehearsal, we were there. And you'll notice, I don't know if you can see in all the close-ups, there's a tuner on the on the mini mode because there was every time we did, because quite often we did, I don't know how many takes, like 20 takes, I think, on the day. And 
I, I would say at least five or six of them were aborted because the tuning had drifted between, you know, the beginning and the end or, you know, of it. And so we had to stop. And it was like, that's a shame. That felt good. But that was that what you hear there is essentially an, an entire performance uh, done, you know, and then that's the one that was chosen. And then we did playback and they did the kind of camera uh, extra stuff to that original playback. So it's, it's, it's quite legit. But interesting. I don't know. Gaz, I, I mean, mini moves are special, right? I mean, there's no denying yeah. it, but... It's, uh, like, it's uh, the greatest synth of all time, really, isn't it? I suppose, you know, in terms of uh, its history and what it's achieved. Uh, I've always really wanted one. I was fortunate enough to borrow Thipal Sandra's for a number of months, oh, on 20 years ago or so. Um, and I think it was the first synth that I truly understood it you know really really it's really lovely to learn on as well isn't it it's a it's a great instrument that just has you know oodles of character and pretty much unlimited depth for a mono i think it's uh it i mean and it has that unmistakable sonic imprint as well doesn't it you know i mean it's an absolute classic and it should be for sale you know it should be back so i'm really glad to see that i mean the price yeah it's expensive but i mean it, it is there's going to be a lot of um a lot of well it's all that woodworks all beautiful and all that ah, yeah i would prefer yeah. it if it was cheaper but you know my these car are, my car, items, I could bought three they? of my current car for that price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> I think when when the Moog One came out, and I was quite critical about the price because I was thinking it was catering just to, you know, very... Makes it look well like good value there, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was kind of roundly scolded for that stance. Um, and I think I've kind of shifted a little bit into the idea of... It's nice to have aspirational instruments as well, things to kind of, um, you know, to really save up for. And and it probably, what I'm not sure if you do the inflation calculator, it's probably something similar to what it used to cost back in the 70s, I suppose, um, for what is probably quite a much more useful instrument. Um, I would love one. Yeah, I, I would dearly love one. I've got no space for one. And <laughs> I haven't got the, no. well, <laughs> any money for one either. But um, but yeah, really nice to have these, you know, super desirable, super iconic instruments. And uh, it yeah, is. I, I, I know I, what you're saying. News. I know, Rans, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, goodness knows what it would be in Australian dollars. I know that sometimes that kind of shipping uh, uh, leg adds a bunch of extra stuff to it. But it, it feels like one of those kind of... Um, vanity strats or vanity les paul that you buy one of those i've got the vintage or the vintage reissue which cost a lot of money and they're beautiful things and it's just like a great thing to have it just i i wonder how many people will own them to use them or will own them to collect them at that sort of price because they will have a a cultural value as well i suppose almost an artistic value right yeah i mean i think it's it's the synthesizer that most people would like to own and there is probably you know, plenty of people out there that still haven't got one yet. So Moog have probably definitely looked at the market and said, you know, we should make some more of these. We can see these things are going nuts secondhand and used on the market. So, you know, um, maybe not for me uh, because, uh, I mean, I uh, dare I say it, I just use that. <laughs> and that's yeah. going to get a lot of people <laughs> triggered. <laughs> but um, it does the job. And uh, I mean, even 
geez, even some soft synths would do it for me as well. So, yeah, that's where I'm exactly. at with it. I think that's the thing. I mean, we now, because the thing is about, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because it does come down to almost the aesthetic because we're now in blessed to be in a world where software emulations are pretty damn close. You know, they're close enough that nobody would be able to tell apart from, you know, the real aficionado or the experience of using it is very different. So it's not necessarily just the sound; it's the it's the whole experience. It's the it's yeah. the aesthetic aspect to it as well, and that that does count. You know, we got we got to look. I mean, you look at the, how successful teenage engineering is on the basis of aesthetics. You know, because it's not just about the the, the, the quality of their stuff. It, there's an aesthetic value, and people really respond to that as well. So. I guess that's the thing, but yeah, an interesting, interesting thing. But uh, the irony of this of this whole thing is that entire recording was done on an X thirty two Behringer with uh, through a Midas stage box. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's. Uh, um, but yeah, I, what I did is I did a, a Blumline pair in the room on a really tall pole, which was uh, Blumline pair is when you do uh, that basically the, with the ribbon, and it. I'd never done it before, and everybody just went, wow, that sounds amazing. I use these Voodoo SE1s, and then everything else just came in lines. Uh, but the room, as part of that, and that worked in both, because we did a rehearsal in their garage as well, and I used the room in that just because I, I had to do a sound check and test everything out. And the, a Bloomline pair, honestly, with ribbons, they sound, if you've ever got the opportunity to use one, it blew my mind. It's so hyper-realistic, and when you start to squish it, it just makes everything breathe alive. I don't know, Rich. I mean, you will probably, no doubt, have used a Blumline pair in your past uh, or, or present. Um, but I, it really f freaked me out how good it sounded. Actually, I wasn't expecting it to sound that good. Well, that video sounds fantastic, and kudos to you, Nick. It sounds wonderful, and it looked like Thank a you. lot of fun. It looked like the participants all had a lot of fun. It seemed like the room was a contributing factor in the in the vibe and the interaction between the players, and it really it felt good. And yeah, I, I mean, I, no no denying that. I mean, it was fortunate that it all. Uh, it, but the, I mean, it was a proper big crew. I haven't got any pictures, but there are some pictures of they had these kind of giant light balloon things that were floating either side of the stage, which were, I don't know, they must have been about 25, 30 feet across, filled with helium with lights in that created this kind of sense of daylight. And they had a crane and a gaffer and an electrician. It really, I was like, wow, I've never been anywhere like this before. Hmm. I'm sure you have, Rich, with the, your countless TV appearances, but no, I'd never seen anything like that before. Astonishing. But yeah, Bloomline pairs, though, Gaz. Yeah. Got to yeah. do it. They well, sound I'm, fantastic. Yeah. But do you know anything about Alan Blumlane, the man Not behind so much. that? Oh, what an incredible person. Well worth looking into. I mean, he was a bit of a war hero. In fact, died in the war. And he'd sort of developed, like, you know, was largely responsible for a lot of the radar systems. Um, and I think, I think he died, actually, in a... Um, uh, in a test aircraft. Um, but he also, I'm just looking here now, is... Uh, his invention of the line type pulse modulator uh, was a major contribution to high powered pulse radars and not just H2S system, uh, but also, hang on, what else, what else is it? Oh, yeah, sorry, he developed uh, the waveform structure used in uh, um, EMI, Marconi EMI system, sort of uh, the world's first scheduled high definition um, TV. Wow. So, I mean, there's tons of stuff. I think it, um, he received 128 patents. Uh, so, wow. <laughs> wow! Yeah, 
so, guy. I'd just have to look into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. A biopic most needed, I think. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for the tip. I will check that out. That's definitely something to check. But uh, yeah, um, I, I like I say, I could talk about it for ages uh, and um, I probably will at another point. Maybe I'll do a little Patreon Q&A or something for it because uh, I'm sure people, some people will be interested anyway. So, okay, uh, well, let's, uh, I think maybe now's a really good time to uh, bring up a... F- uh, an ad break so i'm gonna do just that yep that's right folks ozone 10 it's the future of mastering don't you know uh, master assistants uh, match your master to a reference file stabilize a module in advance adds clarity with intelligent and adaptive mastering eq impact module enhance the rhythm by controlling microdynamics. Uh, I think the launch pricing is ended, but I imagine there might be a Black Friday sale. I know that Isotope have got a whole bunch of stuff on sale, so it's well worth checking out. And if you do, don't forget to use the code SONIC10 at checkout to save an additional 10% off any software purchase, because quite often it applies to the... uh, Oh, I'm supposed to press that button on as well. It applies to the... um, uh, to the sale items too so once again we thank isotope for their continued support of the show it's much appreciated right well we have another synth i mean it's it's synth crazy i just rewind a bit i need to find the right uh, thing let's have a look oh yeah here we go well what about this then this is uh this is another one <laughs> i mean another massive synth <laughs> sequential trigon six six voice three oscillator three vco but with a ladder filter, filter is really the heart and soul of any analog subtractive synthesizer. It's the one component of the voice that really distinguishes one synth from another. So that was the basis and the start of designing the Trigon 6. Yeah, there's a great video. I mean, there's there's demos out there. That, as ever, there's a few people with them in their hands. I didn't get the chance to have one in our hands. Normally, what happens is the UK versions arrive a little later when they start shipping, so hopefully we'll get to have a look at it. Interesting. I mean, it's classic uh, Dave Smith slash, slash design, kind of design. In fact, it was one of the last projects he worked on, so it has an extra poignancy. But what's interesting, I think, of this is it, it there's maybe nothing radically different in terms of the... Uh, the, the three VCO, I suppose the fact that it is three VCOs rather than the, the like the Rev two where there's uh, more um, DCOs, but the fact that it's got a ladder filter, two and four pole ladder filter in a poly, actually I find a little more um, applicable because as soon as you bring resonance in, then you start to de, you know, you're taking some of that low end off, so you don't get so much mud when you're playing six voices. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one. It's got the same two effects slots uh single lfo i noticed which i was a bit surprised i thought they might but you could use polymod with vco3 in low frequency mode to do that i don't know um rans are you are you a big fan of the sequential sort of sound i mean this feels like the they've kind of finished the set to a degree and they kind of say that really in in the in the marketing blurb for this yeah and i think they mentioned something about it being like the next generation from the prophet six right so, um, you know, it's taking some of that sort of idea and, uh, and then bringing the, you know, the ladder filter into it. Um, I, I really like this. You know, um, I think the fact that, as you mentioned, that it's got Dave's legacy in it, um, you know, he, he really just kept pushing ideas out. Uh, had a great bunch of teams of engineers with him as well. But I think at the end of the day, the sound, is is incredible. Uh, it's a polysynth. It's got a bit of a bit of a Moog uh, poly yeah, sound to it with that ladder filter yeah. as well. 
Yeah, the VCOs have got me really interested as well. So um, if it is the the Profit Six VCOs and they've and have tweaked those a little bit more, um, th that's going to be killer. That is so good. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I think the because the VCOs do. I think they do uh, triangle saw pulse uh, through, and they. I think they. They. I don't know if they morph. I'd have to check with that because I know that on some of the synths they do, some of the synths they don't. I know. Rich, it's an interesting one. A ladder filter on a polysynth is always is quite an unusual area of exploration because often it can be just be too much, can't it? I mean, that drive and that burn. And also getting the gain structure right is difficult because you've got, you know, one VCO or possibly you could have either three VCOs going into it or like 18. I mean, that's a tricky <laughs> bit of well, mess, and, I'd imagine. And to jump on your, to jump on your point, um, they've also put in a feedback circuit like yeah. the original Minimoog uh, jumper patch thing. So not only do you have a ladder filter, but you can overdrive it on a per voice basis. And uh, I, you know how rarely a synthesizer comes out and you hear me say, I really want one of those? Here it is. I want <laughs> okay. one of those. Um, this is magnificent. The last time I wanted a synth this bad, it was the OB6, which I still don't have either. But... Um, this thing, uh, the demos sound phenomenal, and everything points to it being a magnificent instrument, and I don't mind the short keyboard. I've heard some people complain about that. I don't mind, what is yeah. it, four octaves instead of five or something. But uh, I don't care. I don't play synthesizers like a piano anyway, so it doesn't much matter to me. Um, I just love the sound of the thing in that video demo, and I really lust for this thing. Right. Okay. So you've got a bit of a gas going on with that, Rich. That's interesting to yeah. know. Fascinating. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I, 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 hopefully we'll start seeing them. And also, I mean, if you were to three and a half, it's about three and a half grand, $3,500. So it'll probably be about parity when it gets to the UK because uh, because of the exchange rate. But I mean, you sort of, it's funny, isn't it? We sort of say, does the world need yet another six voice kind of, you know, because mm. there was a point where that it was hard to figure out the differentiation between some of the sequential models when there was the, the revs and then the OB6 and then the, the Prophet 6. You're kind of like, well, I don't know. Is there enough difference between all of these that, that I would want? But this, you could kind of go, I'd say the OB6 and this are, while there's, they share a certain amount of commonality, you know, there is, you can hear there's a big sonic difference between the two. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, well, I was reading Francis Prieve um, writing on, uh, create digital music was kind of talking about how it's uh, very very similar to uh, the memory Moog uh, in terms oh. of its layout and also you know it's almost is like a memory it's like a it's like a memory Moog for the you know the 21st century um, and it got me thinking then about how you know these are the great the the, the great trio of American synths then that you know sequential have now got with the prophet six the ob6 and now trigon six you know um and I thought oh yeah okay that makes sense it makes sense you've got all of that um and uh you know that that whole kind of memory mode thing I think is something I've always been really fascinated about the memory Moog. Just wow, a poly, a poly mini Moog. Um, and when you listen to the demos of this, it has got that going on, hasn't it? That that really yeah. I think Rich Rich certainly seems to be agreeing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, 
you know, poor, you know, losing Dave Smith, which was huge, huge loss, huge loss for us, for us all. I mean, it's family first mm. and foremost, but all of us. Uh, so it's really nice to see something which is, you know, his final thing. And it, it did get me thinking a little bit about Dave Smith because I, I wasn't on the show or didn't do any streams around the time of his sad passing. But it, it, it did get me thinking about the time we did a, an interview with Dave at Superbooth a few years back. Yeah. And uh, on Sonic and the Meet the Makers. And instead of asking him about synths, I asked him about his music taste. And we went through uh, talking about various things. Um, and I'm so fixated on the 70s. I think, but you know, and it, once I thought we'd reached a certain point in the in the conversation, I thought, uh, okay, yeah, great, thanks for talking to. And Dave went, "Hey, wait, you haven't asked me about modern music," <laughs> and. <laughs> And he was like really into current modern music and he wasn't so much interested in, you know, yeah, he kind of loves the stuff from the past, but so we had to then splice on this little bit on the end. I was uh, mortified of my, my oversight there, but, um, but then he talked about how like whenever bands were coming through San Francisco, they'd often drop a line into sort of a, and he'd go and check out bands. He'd often be put on guest lists, which always thrilled him. So, um, and his favorite band of all time, Radiohead, which I thought was quite mm. interesting and also quite telling for that questing sort of mind, you know, that, that he was. So, uh, yeah, I just thought it was a lovely little, little story there about just what, what a wonderful, you know, forward thinking man he was. And so to see this now and, and it being, you know, his sort of final piece really is, you know, is yeah. quite moving really, I think. Well, I hope it does. I mean, it's got the I th the form factor is uh, the was it the Pro Three? I can't remember what. Oh no, Take Five kind of format, isn't it? That sort of shorter keyboard. Um, in fact, the Take Five uh, we reviewed it here. I think it went to Steve Hillier. Steve Hillier snapped it up because what they usually do with the, the sequential stuff because they ship it from the states for the reviewer, and then once it's sort of reached the end of review line, if you're not getting first, then it gets offered. Um, in order and, and I've passed I've passed them on I haven't actually bought any of their stuff because I just don't have that sort of cash to spend on synthesizers I get a lot there's a lot of synthesizers in my life already I don't need to own any more <laughs> but uh, I'm pleased that it, it got moved on but uh, I'm really looking forward to trying this out because I'd be interested to see what I feel about the nuance of it because I know what I said about the OB6 was it's like the OBX8 is fantastic but it feels like it's kind of, it's a bit muscle, you know, whereas you can get a lot of what that gives you in the OB6, but you get additional stuff. It's not as pure and it's not as kind of lush, but it's it's pretty damn close. So, they, yeah, like you say, they have the, the a kind of the triumvirate of uh, modern uh, analog synthesizer, polysynths. Pretty cool. Okay, right. Uh, well, I mean, you spoke about music trends there, Dave. I, I, I guess I, I'm wondering whether um, whether or not we dare uh, approach the, uh, the, the the thorny topic of, yeah. of this one, which was just a really it's an interesting thing. Let me let me just let's just bring it in. And what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll throw this up here. Uh, I might need to press a button. Yeah, this is this is an interesting. We'll we might need to break this in half a little bit. This was a, a piece on Yahoo News. Uh, it was just an interesting thing which I picked up via. Um, uh, uh, I can't remember music radar. I think it was, and it's really uh, it's they, this person uh, Ian Jones listened to fourteen hundred UK number one hits and just kind of rough trending. <laughs> it was just quite interesting. So the, the fourteen hundred would that be that would probably cover ten or fifteen years. Well, nineteen fifty two to nineteen twenty two. So number one singles, admittedly, not necessarily the twenty. Yeah, nineteen fifty two to twenty twenty two. Beg your pardon. 
So uh, key changes are out, apparently, in terms of trends. Uh, just some interesting trends, I thought, here, which were... Uh, uh, th that one was out. What was that? There's some more in here, I thought. Oh, oh no, I was supposed to press the button, aren't I, for more... I thought this would show up, but it's got one of those little buttons you have to click to story continues. So, yeah, no key changes. Uh, fade outs, big down on fade outs, suddenly coming back into vogue at the moment, but uh, not nothing like... And then uh, in a minor key, minor keys, that's really interesting uh, as well. I mean, I don't know whether it tells us anything particularly qualitatively. Uh, all female acts, good to see kind of approaching, it's getting up there, still only 25%. Uh, featuring non-white artists, good to see as well. Uh, I think there was something else, wasn't it? Key changes are definitely out. I know, Rich, I mean, you find this amusing. I mean, it's, it's interesting to <laughs> take music and, and statisticalize it like this, isn't it? But I just wonder... Um, whether this throws up any kind of any information of any value for you personally, do you find there's anything I you can pity take that this? poor bastard who had to listen to all of those songs <laughs> and actually come up with some bullshit like this? How's that for an opening line? Um, and yeah. then moving on from there, uh, if I were to use anything like this in my creative process, it would be to do everything they say not to do. Because yep. the last thing I want to do is start my creative process based on what somebody else has decided. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I mean, short of an artist that I'm servicing in the session environment, in other words, a collaborator, short of the collaboration aspects of it, the idea that somebody's going to look at this list and go, well, that's it. Minor keys for me then, and 4-4 uh, all the time, and <laughs> God, it makes me want to do everything else. I want to yeah. write pieces in, in prime numbers that feature nothing but major and Lydian and <laughs> Locrian <laughs> and everything but minor. I mean, it's just call it the rebel in me, but this kind of, sh this kind of stuff just really uh, drives me uh, across the room. It's interesting. I had a thought about this. I mean, yes, uh, what, I mean, I think this, this means two different things, I think, because for the creator, I can totally get your uh, your reaction for the consumer showing the trend of what they're what they fit what seems to be more successful I think is kind of is it's more worrying for me because it feels like as technology enables us to do more and more complicated and more and more off the wall things our desire to have them seems to be as consumers seems to be dropping so it means inevitably to me I think that we're going to end up with AI can written stuff because that's what seems to work I mean Eventually, I, I don't know. I know that's mm. a contentious viewpoint. What do you think, Rans? Does it mean anything, anything like that to you? I've always thought there was a conspiracy going on here. This is the sausage factory, isn't it? This is the secret formula that these record companies want to squeeze the music in and then pop it out the other side. <laughs> so, nah, just kidding. Um, yeah, I, like, I'm with Rich. I would not listen to that sort of stuff at all. It would it would just be not not a good advice. <laughs> just go with your creative flow and uh, do what you want to do. Do what you think sounds good. Don't listen to those yeah. people. They don't know. <laughs> I think that's an entirely fair point. I know, Gaz. I have a feeling you'll probably be much of the same mind. But it it is interesting. I mean, you do more mastering, right? Yeah. Which is maybe stuff that you wouldn't necessarily have worked on that comes through, mm -hmm. or you have done. Does any of this chime with what you get through with the people that you work for, or is it less not, about... Not really. Uh, I, I typically work with older artists, really, I suppose, um, more 
I don't know. No, 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 not not really the things that I work on. And yeah, God, I mean, there is a lot of things going on here, which I think it's just really, really sad. Uh, I saw this other video where somebody analyzed, I think it was like the top 20 uh, uh, billboard singles of that of that week or something and um and not only was there no key changes there was no tempo changes there was no solos there was no intro there was no middle eight you know and it's sort of like you know you know like there's quite a lot of sort of stinging kind of comeback when older people are kind of dissing the younger <laughs> the younger generation's music but in this case we have got a right because music <laughs> has got like a popular music it really has gone downhill in many ways in many ways i mean there's always been a trashy sort of mainstream pop stuff that's always been pretty rubbish uh but you know for all of those elements to be missing from music, I mean, expressive element, expressive elements, you know, uh, you know, you could kind of tangibly kind of go, well, yeah, it is worse because good music should have lots of expressivity in it. And when those elements are missing, then, you know, it is, you know, demonstrably worse music. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people get upset about that kind of stuff. But ultimately, who also cares? Things have changed now. The charts were so important when we were young, growing up, and we only had a few, certainly in the UK, a few TV channels. And, uh, you know, Top of the Pops was like everything. It meant so much to us. So, like, you know, number one was really important. But like number now... It's just not important. I think they kind of puff up their chest a little bit and say, 70 years of the charts. But, I mean, it just doesn't matter. A lot of young people just don't care about that stuff anymore anyway. They're not really being, uh, well, that's being brought entirely up true. in that, that same it's sort of thing. True. So, ultimately, a lot of this is just kind of not really that important. And I guess, you know, our choices to listen to music, we can filter out a lot of that kind of stuff. I choose to. However, you know... There are huge uh, things like, you know, that, that challenge this, um, you know, stuff that's coming up really popular. I went and watched Black Midi a few days ago, uh, playing a uh, London band playing in Bristol. Uh, they've just got their new album, Hellfire, which <laughs> I challenge, I challenge the audience to listen to that album. My goodness, it is a hell of a listen, Hellfire, Black Midi. Uh, these guys are in it early 20s and their music is the most opposite <laughs> they were opposite to to this it's kind only of key thing. changes <laughs> it's only it's honestly it really is <laughs> listen to it hellfire black well, well, I'll, all right we'll check that out. yeah i mean you will have to you will be you know clinging on to things you might even bust a few blood vessels listening to it but it is worth it um but i mentioned that because you know, there is so many amazing things happening in music with young people, well, with all people really, but certainly young people. Uh, uh, and I mean, this gig was a sellout, <laughs> and, I, and it was something that I've never seen before: avant-garde moshing. I swear to God, I saw it with my own <laughs> eyes. Really crazy time signature kind of things, and a full-on mosh going on. So it can be done. It can be done. I saw it happening. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I'm selling it now. Avant-garde moshing is most definitely the show title. <laughs> There's just no other way it can be anything else. I, 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 before we, we change, because I've, I've just got to run another ad, but I, I would say... Think of it this way, because if, if everything's becoming samey, then maybe we're due a big musical upheaval because people tend to rail against it. They hear something that is different and they go, wow, that's so refreshing. So maybe we're just heading towards you know, the, the inevitability of some great new uh, musical innovations and styles in terms of popular music as a result, because people are going to be sick to death of the same old, same old thing forever and ever and ever. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, let's uh, let's have a word from our friends over at Baby Audio. Of course, Baby Audio makes creative effect plugins designed to add colour and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year 2021 in Future Music and Computer Music Magazine nominated as well as SOS Awards for two years in a row. During Black Friday campaign, they offer best deals of the year with savings across all plugins and bundles. Use the code ST15. It will apply for all Sonic Tour list talk listeners and unlock an additional 15% of savings, even on already discounted products. So uh, do check that out. The code ST15 when checking out, even on Black Friday deals. So you could say, I don't know, you could say, maybe they'll end up owing you money. They might pay you to take their plugins away. No, I, they won't. They've got some great stuff. Anyway, but you will get good discounts, and we thank them very much for their uh, continued support. It's much appreciated. Right, goodness, there's, there, there are quite a lot of... Uh, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do this one. I mean, I know this might not... Uh, it's it's not a big deal for me, but I do know... Uh, well, well, we'll just play it, and we'll see what goes. So, mm-hmm. news, a new Pam- Pam's, Pam's Pro, Pro Workout, Workout is a compact, programmable, clock modulation source with eight highly editable outputs that can produce anything from clocks and patterns to LFOs, random voltages, and quantized melodic sequences. Right, I'll stop there because some of you may think, whatever. But Pam's workout is in pretty much every single performative modular system I've ever seen. Essentially what it does is you take clocks, you divide clocks, you make triggers, you process the clocks, you have all sorts of kind of mathematical kind of approaches. And it's always been an absolute fiddly little pain thing to, I, I don't use it, but I've seen people try and demonstrate it and it's like, oh my God, you know, it's like the tiny, now we've got a bigger display. It's mm. got, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is big news. And the fact that they've released the new one must mean that the chips are available. And this is kind of a big deal. I know that, um, I'll come to you first, Rads, because I know you've actually, have you got one or have you got an original Pams? Oh, you're muted. Muted. Ah, there he is. I hear you. You're back. I don't hear Rans? him. No, I can't hear you. He's gone. Oh, dear. Um... Okay, right. Oh, he's pointing uh, at one of the guy, their modules. I see. Yeah, I can't hear you, Rans. You 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 went away audio wise. Your audio's gone. Your your vocal mic's gone. Nope. Maybe you've got auto mix oh, on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll come to Gaz. You figure that out, and we'll come. <clears throat> Gaz, you've probably got one of these. Yeah. I'd imagine. Haven't you? I, I mean, got everybody one seems to right have. in front of me. Yeah. Um, I think it's. Fairly straightforward to use. I do think, however, the screen is too small and too dim. My one certainly seems a bit too dim. Uh, and actually, if you look at this one now, the screen, that little, the screen they've put on a new one is incredibly high resolution, beautiful font they're using. And uh, yeah, I just think that's a really, really good upgrade. It's 
the same in terms of the same amount of size and the same uh, amount of sockets and things on there. I think that like I've got like a run input and a clock input. I think you can repurpose them to have them as multi, as extra as, as as CV inputs now as well. So that's a new thing. Ah, right. uh, I, um, there's a new processor. So the actual the innards are kind of different, but but exterior wise, it's virtually the same looking, other than that new screen, no other buttons off. So the so the workflow is essentially the same and i think that workflow is brilliant and and it kind of works in this from this kind of top level uh you you just can rotate the you rotate the dial and you go from like tempo and then through all eight uh configurable outputs and then you press you press the dial and then that takes you in and then you can adjust it press it back, long press, takes you back out. And actually, it's really, really, really good. I think it's a really elegant um, programmable system. However, hampered a little bit with that screen. So this is great, this new thing. There's also a bunch of new extra features as well. And like one thing you didn't mention when you were talking about its uh, feature set, it, it will work as like a pitch quantizer. It, and it, with the waveforms, you yeah. can actually sequence, uh, you can do euclidean rhythms and this kind of thing and um and it's sort of got like turing machine type thing where you can kind of loop voltages god i almost sound like i know what i'm talking about now you do I? well uh, i think we've got rand's back do. i think we've got rand's back so maybe we can go back to him i think we got Hooray! You, uh, sorry about that i don't know what happened you can maybe, hear me okay maybe, maybe i can yeah so you've got have you got pam's pro oh, there or have you no, just the new workout. So this is the mine is the second version. So there, there was Pam's workout, then Pam's new workout, and obviously the new one. And really, the big difference is the screen because a lot of people complained that this screen was not bright enough. And you can even see that it's actually quite dull. And um, and even me looking at it, if I wake it up, that's about as bright as it's going to get. So um, you know, and the bigger screen, obviously better, but. Even still, don't go selling these because you can actually link them. You can use multiples that can clock each other. So uh, if you've got an old PAMS or a PAMS new, they're still useful. Uh, they still do exactly what they're supposed to do. One of the best clocks for Eurorack if you've ever, ever got one. I actually drive mine from Ableton. So I've got USB going into Ableton here, and this is an expert sleepers, and then that's driving the clock of PAMS. So I can actually start and stop the clock of my whole modular system through Ableton, which I think is, you know, it's just, it's so good. And Gaz said everything else that we needed to say. So yeah, definitely, definitely cool that they've brought the new one out with the bigger screen, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's available now, uh, 339 US. I, Rich, I saw you nodding nodding along there. I mean, it's, it's, it is really uh, a very powerful clocking and triggering system. I mean, you know, and pitch quantizing, it does so many things. Like, it's sort of the one of the ultimate utility modules, I believe. You know, there are others, but uh, PAMS is, is probably the, the most original and, and well, well used. Well, I had never seen this thing before, and I wasn't familiar with its history or any of that. But as I watched it being demonstrated, it reminded me of my time using the Dr. Click in the 1980s, which would generate <coughs> shaped control Dr. voltages Click, yeah. at pretty much any rhythmic yeah. subdivision. And um, that was mm -hmm. incredibly useful to me to be able to do in 1983 and, and uh, take, uh, for example, a... Uh, a delayed with a control voltage input and be able to run a flange in time 
with a bar line, which is something I did mm. a few times. Uh, so the availability of those kinds of things in a rhythmic context for your music to be applied in any way that you choose is incredibly valuable and incredibly interesting and multiplies your possibilities. And this thing does far more than the Dr. Click did. The Dr. Click had two independent uh, control voltage generators with, with variable waveforms and each with an independent timing uh, uh, control that would allow you to subdivide uh, whatever you wanted. But this thing includes probability and all kinds of other aspects that allow you to create uh, as much or as little randomization as you want within all of that. And um, I was mm -hmm. really, I know if I had one of these rigs, I would definitely want stuff like this in it. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it seems to be, I know uh, Ed, uh, yeah. who did loads of our modular stuff, he did five minutes with a sort of 5U modular case, and PAMS was pretty much always there. That was the constant that would run kind of everything else. So I just uh, wanted to say, uh, Ken Lewis says, joy to see you here, Ranzi. Thanks for staying up late. I don't know what time it is where you are, but it must be epically. Uh, has the sun come up yet? That's all I need to know. Can you see dawn? <laughs> it's not that bad. It's, uh, it's 12.50 a.m. It's not that bad. I'm oh usually gosh, this that's, time, so. that's all right. Phew. Thank goodness. I thought it's it was nothing. Like four in the morning or something. It's nothing. <laughs> nothing. Anyway, yeah. Well, can, this I, is, can I just say yeah, one more thing about PAMS? It's one of the things that is, uh, <laughs> well, in my case, I had a dream, and in my dream, Mylar Melodies came into my dream and, and tried to convince me to get a PAMS. So I next day I went out and bought a PAMS based on, on sort of this, uh, wow. this dream this dream that happened. Um, but the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit strange. That's, the, but, uh, that's, that's the ultimate sales pitch, that is, really. Yeah, that, know, when we get to that stage, know. then we're done for, aren't we? Forget Facebook. I didn't, this is, it, that's it. I didn't know what it did. I didn't know. I just <laughs> I just took that dream sort of mission. As, but um, but what it does do, and the reason I'm saying this is, it, it, if especially if you are taking your first steps into modular, like I was or am, you know, um, it can kind of bring everything together. And a big yellow button, you know, start everything off, stops everything, you know. Um, I've got mine as well. It sends resets out to everything as well. Uh, on on mm. When you stop it, it'll send a reset out to any of the things, any of the sequences. Ah, so, so your sequences so. will start in time again. That's a nightmare, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? You, clock is, yeah. Everybody goes, yeah, clock's great. But then as soon as you actually mm. use it in anything, you've actually got to stop everything and reset it to zero. It you can't just kind of yeah. stop playing and start again. Yeah, that sounds incredibly useful. So, it's, so it, can, it can really kind of make sense of everything. I think, and I think that's why it's so popular. It can become like the central bit, you know, and and uh, you know, a, a big yellow button as well is a is a winner, <laughs> always. And uh, <laughs> am I right in thinking it's is it is it in homage to uh, Pamela Anderson? Am I right in that? I, yeah, I wasn't sure just the, I'm sure the workout videos. I think, yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's right. Just I, I yeah. which is pretty random. I have no idea. ALM Pam's, Pam's all, all, it, all their names, all their modules are of course not really strange, puzzling names. Yeah. yeah. Well, it must be quite fun naming modules. I think there's nothing wrong with. I them. went. Well, I went to ALM's headquarters a few months ago on a, on a visit, uh, and that was fascinating seeing their setup there. They uh, they got a, like a small, really great, talented team. Um, and uh, yeah, really, really impressed with with, with their operation. But I, I do think though, Pams is you know far and away their their biggest their biggest selling product. Um, 
but they've got a lot of cool stuff though. I'm using their uh, their MFX as well in my smaller rig, which is a like a really clever little effects unit that can. It's got a bunch of sort of emulations of things like the Ursa Mi- uh, the Ursa Major space station thing. Um, uh, ensembles like Selena and, and Juno ensembles, all sorts of stuff. But also, it also doubles up as a tuner and a uh, oscilloscope as well. So, kind of cool little six HP module that that was not in stock for a long time due to the old the dreaded um, equipment shortages, um, uh, yeah, sort of um, component shortages. Uh, but that's now back back around, and uh, so that's that's worth looking at. It's a really interesting little little module as well. Similar, uh, I just similar want to put, operation. I want to put this one in here quickly. Uh, it's not a question, but uh, Rocky uh, sixty seven says, "Hope you get to mention the new module from Expert Sleepers, the Pandora. I love it. It's the fifth one mm-hmm. named consecutive. I think is that the is the Pandora the um, is it the uh, analog filter that they've just released? Oh, hold on, that's oh uh, wow, what's that? That looks interesting. Oh, that's the yeah. Guts. This is the Sid oh. Guts Deluxe. This is. This has got in the back a Commodore 64 original Commodore. Get off my face! <laughs> there we go. Commodore 64 SID chip in it. There's a real Commodore 64 SID chip from that famous old 80s computer, and then wow. this brings all of the SID chip features <laughs> to modular. So it is a really, really, really cool module, and that's nice. another one of ALM's. Yeah, no, they're Ooh. good guys. I think we we shot we've definitely shot some stuff with them in the past. So, um, okay, uh, let's have a look. What? Uh, let's see. Have we? Uh, 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 that we maybe we could do a couple of questions. Have we got what? What have we missed? Does anybody want? Actually, hold on. We've got a uh, couple of couple of quick mentions. Actually, we've got the. Uh, this is the new candy oh, cord yeah. uh, from uh, My Vaults. This is the Handry Huang thing. It looks lovely. This is just really good. It's on Kickstarter now. Uh, let hmm. me see. I think I can post that somewhere. If I post that, My Vaults candy cord. I, I, let me put the link in there because I think it's worth worth having. Let me see. Uh, I know we, do, we don't normally do a lot of modular, but uh, I suppose, yeah, if we go here, this is their new... They're already well, uh, well up into there, the, into there. So that will be made. My Vault's great company. Nice mm. to meet them at uh, at the um, at Synth Fest in the UK. Um, there's another got, quick one. Oh, sorry. I've just got. You've some. just got. I've them. just got some. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be using them tonight, uh, so we can see them in action. But they're, yeah, yeah, and they can get them in different colours, so they can light up with different LEDs, so you can use them to, so you, so you can use the colours as a way of like yeah, I think um, two for 19 two euros which isn't actually too bad considering there's actual electronics going on in them that seems quite reasonable um yeah. uh, available january 2023 for the rest of us uh oh here we go this is another quick one this is um uh, 1973 the most technologically advanced synthesizer ever conceived was released which is a split between the gx1 and the cs80 i mean hey what a hold back that's astonishing isn't it so yeah the gx1 was a quantum leap forward on its contemporaries all G is Cherry Audio. I mean, that is a dense, dense UI, but uh, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. That's currently out. I don't know. Have you checked out the, the Cherry Audio stuff, friends? Yeah, I'm going to get that. Um, I had a little look at the videos. Um, 
I mean, it's like a cross between like a string synth and a CS80 and oh, yes, it's got a lot of stuff under the hood. It looks really cool. Like you said, quite quite a sort of complex looking user interface, but I think once you sort of get in there and start fiddling with it, I think you'll, you'll find it's gonna be pretty cool. Um, Cherry Audio do some really, really cool uh, VSTs. So uh, I've already got, um, I think it was the, uh, um, ARP Quadra that they did a few months back, and maybe maybe even a year ago now, and I really enjoyed that because it's one of my favourite synths. So, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's only fifty nine bucks at the moment, which is you know a bargain. I mean, it's like you know you could go out for a couple of beers. I I must admit I didn't. I, while I like the largesse of the UI, I mean it's a little bit overwhelming. Uh, I I didn't hear anything that made me go, oh yeah, that's so. It, whatever it is, I, I, I mean, I'm not a CSAT aficionado, but uh, I mean, uh, and that's fine because they're not they're not expensive and they do a lot of good stuff and it's really good fun to play with, even if it just gets the ideas going for a few a few synths, it's kind of fun. I know, Rich, have you had a chance to play with any of the Cherry Order? I mean, they're they're whacking them out. <laughs> There's a lot of it about. So I know, uh, uh, but I know. Met GX GX One and a CSAT seems to be a bit of an overkill, but uh, it should be. It'd be kind of fun. It's an ambitious yeah, product. I think they'll probably yeah, be sure. very successful with it. And yeah, uh, I, right. I heard, I watched Tim Shoebridge's demo, and uh, it sounds like a synthesizer. <laughs> and as <laughs> to whether it sounds like a CS80 or not, I don't know. But uh, it sounds like a synthesizer, and it works well, and it seems like it's nicely designed, and they've offered some nice feature crossover between the two products that they're seeking to model. And uh, may I'd, I look forward to hearing people making wonderful music with it. Yeah, I know, Gaz, have you tried it? I know you're not so much into the soft synth generally. It's not your kind of bag, but uh, no. pretty ambitious. This is pretty ambitious, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the, is the GS1, is that um, what Stevie did all that, you know, like Pastimes Paradise? Is that, was that, oh, the GX1, am I getting mixed GX, up? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it GX. was the GX1. GX1. G, yeah, right. And this is a GS1, then, is it? No, it's a GX1 and no. a CS80. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So that, that's that. That massive, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, okay, it, it's kind of interesting. I haven't seen a GX1. Well, because what was the CS80, though? The CS80 was derived from the GX1, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I believe so. Was it was The technology right. started the ball rolling, I think. Rich is mm. nodding there. Sort of, yeah. so-so. To some extent, yes. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the uh, what was the, what's that massive, it's the oasis to the, uh, to whatever the other one. Ah, I know what it it's is. Like, it's it's that it's that ELP fanfare for the common man in the Montreal state. Is it Montreal in Canada? Freezing cold and all in their big fur coats and leather jackets and whatever. Keith Emerson's playing that, and that's a GX one, then, isn't it? That thing, yeah, it's a monster. Oh, to be his roadie at that time, eh? No, not. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> one of the many. I think they had loads, didn't they? They used to have those yeah. three articulated lorries, didn't they? And they had like you know E L P on the roof, the Emerson Lake and Palmer written on the roofs of each of the each of the articulated lorries. Um, 
Although I'm sure Greg Lake didn't need a whole one to himself. Although I think Carl Palmer probably would have used up all his. He had a ridiculous drum kit, didn't he? That's all. What they made out of? Did they have a stainless steel <laughs> drum kit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it weighs a ton. That thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the roadies, the roadies were getting it from all of them. Actually, Greg, Greg Lake would play sort of, um, I don't know, like eight-string gu- bass guitars, which um, just, just, just so he can add a little bit of extra weight <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> quite anything useful to say about this plugin. No, sorry. that's all right. Yeah, I'm sure. It's imagine, great. <laughs> imagine going through that. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm just trying to find out. Uh, hey, Cherry and oh yeah, and also uh, Valhalla DSP release uh, two new uh, algorithms for Supermassive, which is free, which is also oh, yeah? well worth checking out. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's good Ooh, I didn't know uh, that. Let me see. I've got. Let me just put this up here. I think I've got I love some audio. Supermassive. Yeah. Okay. Let's just see if with this will work. Yeah. Uh, Supermassive. Let me bring this up. I think it might even might be able to play. There's an audio, some audio demos here. Yeah, there's uh, two new uh, Orion and Cassiopeia, I believe. This is what it can sound like on a synthesizer near you for nothing. How about that? (laughs) They really are the uh, well amongst the finest of these kind of big spatial delay network kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the sticker, Wagyu. Uh, I'm always uh, fond of the YouTube um, uh, descriptions. This is a sheep or dog rolling on the floor laughing out loud. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, thank you very much, Wagyu. That's very kind. This is quite quite pleasing, isn't it? I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of zoning out a little bit there. That was, that's the thing with those things. So you're keen on this one, then, Rich? Are you going to be uh, using Supermassive in your uh, productions? I've been using Supermassive, and I just pulled down the one you just linked to because, yeah, absolutely, this thing is possibly the greatest piece of free plugin ever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this thing is great. Yeah, it's really. I love good. this thing. Yeah, yeah, I would like to. I'd love. I mean, wonder if we could get the code to run on um, little standalone boxes like uh, Pies or something like that. Maybe a VST mm. player that would be useful because then you'd have that sort of effect just built in. Yeah, go. Uh, Ramsey's got his. Look, oh, you've got it. Are you going to play us something? This is the old. This is the old one. Ah. So I need to update this. But, right. but yeah, it is, it's one point five. I think we're it up really to. Really is incredible. Oh, it's really yeah. This is one point five. Okay, well, that's the that no. was ah, I've got the wrong date. No, uh, they're up 20, to a newer I, I saw one 11th. Yeah, we are. I was mine's 2021. I beg your pardon, that's that's my mistake. I rather yeah. messed that up. Beg your pardon. Uh, Dice Stanton uh, has also no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm really messing up the buttons today. Uh, uh no, that's the one I want. A pint, that's the one I do want. Die, thank you. A pint for anyone at Emon doing something in 13.8. There's a challenge, eh? Well, that's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. excellent. Nice call. That'd be awesome. I think we might do that. Yeah, that's a good, great idea. Uh, well, we seem to be, I, I'm actually going to knock off a little bit. I'm, we're not going to get around to questions this week, just purely because um, I'm going to go to the Christmas market and see if I can pick up some um, uh, Christmas presents because it's the, it's the sort of residence opening night tonight so we could go down and have a look um, so i want to say thank you to everybody for joining us uh, also i'm not sure if we're doing a quiz this year but we will do some form of christmas show uh, quiz uh, always takes a lot of effort from people and um 
we might take a break this year just because we're putting this event on and it's taking a lot of bandwidth. So I, I hope everybody's not too disappointed. I know it's a good fun. We've still got all the machinery in place, so there will be some some fun, but uh, lovely. So, Ramsey, um, thanks for joining us. Can we have a karaoke? Oh. Can we have a karaoke session? That would be funny. Imagine that. Like, a, like with all the different guests all having to sing karaoke. Mm, not if you can't sing. <laughs> Might be yeah, funny for that's you. even better. That's even better. <laughs> But, I mean, maybe mm. the songs could be picked by the audience. Well, yeah, I don't know about <laughs> I that. know what I'm going to do. Why get. don't you do that? I'll tell you what, Gaz. Why don't you do that on your show? Ah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not a karaoke person. I'm ne you're never going to get me to sing karaoke. It's just oh, not my no. thing at all. That was the plan. That was thing. the plan. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we've also got, I just want to say, there's another sticker. Eh? Gosh, a pair character flying through the air with a red yeah. cape. Not quite sure what that is. Thank you, Rocky. Very kind of you. Uh, but yes, we will have questions next. So, Rans, what's next for you then? Um, show on Saturday? Uh, show on Saturday. Um, maybe I might practice auto-tune into a vocoder just for Gaz. Um, but yeah, uh, Saturday, <laughs> one o'clock um, UK time. Excellent. Well, that won't clash with our actual event, which is on the 26th on Saturday at six o'clock. So perfect. Unless you do a 12-hour stream, which I'm... Guessing you probably don't. No, no, no. That's, yeah. Well, be a nice break. lovely to have you. People will be able yeah, to get some refreshments. <laughs> yeah, nice. No, nice. Yeah, to be that's here. true. Thank you. And Rich, thanks for joining us too. Uh, I hope your uh, upcoming trip flight is uh, is all it can be, and you get the finest snacks and uh, beverages and refreshments <laughs> you, that the airline of your choice can uh, can offer. Uh, thank you very much for that, and I look forward to. Seeing you in the UK sometime soon and uh, really enjoyed the show. It was great to see all of you guys. Yeah, thanks very much, Rich. A real pleasure. And Gaz, thank you. So your show is on at eight. Have you got a, a theme for this evening? Yeah. Well, actually, I think I've just decided just now. I think I'm, I'm going to look at the, the MFX from ALM sort of in some detail in my little, in my little kind of uh, small little rig that I've been having a lot of fun with because I, I can take it into the living room and... Uh, a noodle away so um i sort of right. said i was when you when you popped over uh last week the, that that little rig so uh, so i'll be playing on the little rig with those my volts cables as well actually so you can see them in action um so i'll Turn be on the lights down tonight <laughs> oh nice <laughs> yeah Excellent. Actually, we should point out, we went over to, uh, it was the Bleep Club, wasn't it, with a K. Hmm. Bleep Club, uh, if you're interested in your Bristol area, do head over there. Uh, I know a couple of the people are coming to our event on on uh, Saturday, and they've yeah. got another event on the following Monday, which is in Bristol at hmm. All Hallows uh, Hall, is it? Or All, All Hallows, Hallows Hall. Road, yeah, it? All Hallows Hall. All Hallows Hall. So yeah, yep. Bleep Club on on Facebook. Look that up because it's uh, yeah. So that's like an open, just like an open jam for um, any electronic musicians. But also, and a, a really great element is, it's also open for people into uh, visuals and visual synths and, and the like. Um, so if you've got like a projector, you know, it's a huge. It's a fantastic hall, isn't it? It's a really yeah, great big really hall. Good. So you know, we can project project up it's a mixture of kind of uh, visual artists and synth and you know, electronic music artists uh, so it's completely free and it's uh, every fortnight so yeah next on this monday highly recommended 
I will, yeah, well, I think we're going to go over and shoot something with them at some point. It'd be nice just to see, you know, because it's just such a great event. Anyway, that's enough rambling. Don't forget, do come on over to our event. Uh, the live stream will be starting around 6pm on Saturday. Uh, it will be in our live events. There will probably be two, because what I have to do is I'll set the first one up, and then if the stream drops, I need another one I can join in really quickly. So I, there will be two, but it, I'll, I'll, I'll call it backup stream, you know, and then, then we'll know if this one's not working that's where to go because unfortunately we're at the moment we're using wi-fi at this place even though i get 200 megabits up which is fast it's still wi-fi which can be a little bit sketchy so uh wish us luck there'll be lots of fun anyway that's it for this week thank you everybody thank you so much it's been great fun as ever we'll see you all next time take care now bye bye <laughs>